0: Hi, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep Halloween Kids Edition. I'm your host, Shelby. For those of you who are new around here, every once in a while I like to drop an episode written by kids for kids because I think everyone can use a few fun scares in their lives. And who am I to tell kids what is scary? They are plenty imaginative on their own, so why not let them create their very own Halloween special? So this is ...very different from my normal episodes. Usually the kids' episodes come out as a bonus earlier in the week. But as you can see, I got a huge response this time to my call for submissions. This is a doozy of an episode. Hopefully it will keep you guys in the spooky Halloween spirit all month long. A fair warning to my listeners who come for relaxation... ...I tend to get a little zanier with the kids' stories and sound effects... ...as if you couldn't tell already... But don't worry, I will be back next week with our usual haunting mellowness. Now, on to ghost schools, witches, zombies, and all the other creepy creatures of the night. Pumpkin Trouble by Aiden, age 9 It was a Friday night, a couple of days before Halloween. My parents decided to go out to dinner and see a late night movie. They took my little sister to stay with my aunt, but I didn't want to go. I begged to stay home. I wanted to get a head start on carving my pumpkin. Even though it made my parents nervous, they agreed to let me stay by myself as long as I didn't go outside and I kept the doors locked. As soon as they left, I grabbed some old newspapers to cover the dining table, found the spooky patterns and carving tools and set my pumpkin on top of the table. I was ready to carve the best pumpkin ever. I began by sliding a big carving knife into the top to cut the lid and remove all the seeds and slimy bits. Not my favorite part, but wait, is that blood? No, that can't be blood. It's probably pumpkin guts in the low light. Oh, wait a minute. Did I just see eyes on my pumpkin? I don't even have the top completely cut on my pumpkin yet. No, no, it must be my imagination. I think I need a glass of water. After drinking my water and calming down a bit, I thought of the perfect pumpkin design. I went back, sat down and got situated, but where's my pumpkin? All that was left was a puddle of blood on the dining room table. I frantically began searching for my pumpkin. How could it have just disappeared? Deciding it had to be my imagination going wild because I was home alone and overly tired, I made my way to the bathroom to get ready for bed. Then I went to my room, turned out the light and climbed into bed. I soon began to drift off to sleep when all of a sudden, I hear a cold, low (laughs) laughter. (laughs) The next thing I knew... My closet door slowly squeaked open, and I heard a thump, shuffle, drag, thump, shuffle, drag, thump, shuffle, drag. It sounded like something was headed to the foot of my bed. I struggled to see what was coming, but my room was too dark. I wanted to get up and turn on the light, but I was just too scared. Something jumped on my bed. Hoping it was just my cat, I got enough courage to reach under my pillow to find the flashlight I kept there. I clicked it on and shined it. Instead of my cat, I saw the most gruesome pumpkin face I ever saw. It had sharp, jagged teeth and eyes that glowed blood red. It was holding my carving knife. and. Judging by the horrifying look it gave me, I was in trouble. Ghost Sighted by Dylan Wojciech, age 11. Back in 1989, Cooking Labs Incorporated were working their hardest to make the most efficient kids' baking oven yet. But in order to do so... The company needed special resources, such as radioactive materials. The only source close enough was at old times, a shutdown carnival. There had been creepy sightings there, but they needed to get this to work. So they sent in a robot to retrieve the substance. The robot that they sent in had a camera, a GPS, and a radar. They hooked up the screens and could see what the robot was seeing. They were ready for the mission. The robot rolled into the area, which was covered with a thick fog. The workers looked at the camera as it revealed the old, creaking ruins of the fairground. The metal creaked in the wind as the robot drove by. Sir? Sir? said one of the workers nervously. What? said the boss. I'm picking up a figure on the radar. It seems to be moving towards us, replied the worker. Quick, hide the robot. We can't be seen, said the boss. They walked slowly as the figure passed them. The figure was gray, even his skin. The workers felt a chill go down their backs. Help you, replied a voice. The workers looked in horror as a clown grabbed the screen. cried the workers as the lights went out. A terrifying laugh filled the room. (laughs) The Stalker by Caitlin, 6th grade. It was a warm September night as I was walking home from work. The streetlights above me illuminated my path with a dim light. My feet ached from all the walking, and I needed to rest. No, I thought. I'm almost home. I can manage. I took my phone from my bag and checked the time. 9 p.m. I groaned as I put my phone back in my bag. It felt as if I had been walking forever. I looked around to see if there were any buildings nearby. Maybe they'll have some drinks there. I looked ahead and saw a dark figure just standing there. Perhaps he was waiting for the bus. No, that can't be it. None of the public buses were running at this hour. Maybe someone was going to pick him up. It doesn't matter. I shouldn't concern myself about it, I thought. I walked past the man and stopped a few feet ahead of him. A chill ran down my body as the air surrounding me grew cold. I looked back at the man, to ask if he could feel the cold air as well, but he was gone. And so was the cold air, disappeared into thin air. I continued to walk home, and I felt relieved when I first started to see the rose bushes surrounding my home. I walked up the driveway to my front door, to find a package at my front door. This must be the package I ordered, I walked inside to turn on the light, and when I did The light reflected a dark silhouette in the far corner of the living room. Frightened, I threw the package on the ground and raced to my bedroom. I slammed the door shut and raced to my bed. I didn't bother to put on PJs, for all I wanted was to feel the comfort of my warm bed. After a few minutes, I figured it was safe to go out of my bedroom to get the package. I slowly climbed out of bed and walked to the door. Suddenly, a chill ran down my body. It felt like something was wrong. I looked back at the room and saw the man in the farthest corner of my room. This time, a toothy grin was plastered on his face. I couldn't move. I was frozen as I watched him walk closer to me. Then I sat in my bed as the sound of my alarm clock rang through the air. I was so relieved at the fact that what had happened was only a dream. I caught out of bed and slowly walked toward the door. As I reached the door, I placed my forehead against the smooth wood. <sighs> what a dream, I thought as I turned the doorknob. I swung the door open to be met with the gaze of a man with a large grin on his face that wasn't what frightened me the most. It was his eyes. His glowing, blood-red eyes. The Killer Clown by Riley Holmes, age 7 Once there lived a thief, his interest was trophies. That night he snuck out and found the biggest trophies and smallest trophies, but his eyes adjusted. He saw there were Killer Clown statues. He just froze, and then he saw the Killer Clown statue's eyes open. It just seemed like the more the clown's eyes seemed to open, the darker it got. Then the thief saw a knife appear in all of the clown's hands, and the chief Killer Clown named Darian said, Any last words? (laughs) the end annie gray age nine this is called the creature prologue a waterfall splashed and roared the night sky cradled the moon We can't let anyone hear us, the girl giggled. I don't think anyone will. The waterfall is deafening, the boy said. Oh, shut up, Levi. You're ruining the fun, the girl said. Uh, what fun? Sneaking outside after dark is fun? You haven't even told me why, Kingsley, Levi shouted. Kingsley sighed. I'll tell you when we get there. They both laughed. Kingsley huffed. Come on, slowpoke. I'm coming, I'm coming. Finally, Kingsley said, exhausted. They came upon a beautiful lake. The moon hit it just right. Here we are. This is why I wanted you to bring your bathing suit, Kingsley said, satisfied. Then they got into their swimsuits. Woohoo hoo Kinsley screamed. They splashed and played for hours, but something was just... off. Chapter One "'Levi!' 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 "'Yes, Kinsley?' "'Oh, my God. There you were,' Kinsley said, relieved. <laughs> "'I was just underwater.' You're so dumb, Levi shouted. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the math test in school? "Ha!" <laughs> exactly, Kinsley teased. Hey, Kinsley, we should get home. It's 12 o'clock, Levi said quietly. Okay, let's go. 3 a.m. Levi! Levi! Why are you still over? Kinsley shouted. Shh, you'll wake up my parents. (laughs) I'm at your house? Kinsley said sternly. (laughs) Before you get really mad at me, let me explain. When you were walking home, I glanced back and you had collapsed on the ground. So I brought you to my house and I put you on the couch. Levi waited for Kinsley to respond. Well, what time is it? Kinsley asked as she rubbed her eyes. 3 a.m., Levi whispered. I felt a hand touch my back while I was sleeping. I-, I thought it was you, Levi shivered. Hey, Levi, it's okay. I promised it was probably the cold air or something, Kinsley said as she hugged him. Thanks, Keens. <laughs> Kinsley laughed. Can I go back to sleep? Kinsley asked, chuckling. Chapter Two The birds sang. Levi pushed the snooze button. Shh, alarm clock. I'm tired, Levi said with a yawn. Oh my god! Levi heard from downstairs. What is it? Levi yelled as he ran down the stairs. Oh my god, oh my god, there! Keensley stuttered. Laying on the floor was Levi's mom. Blood seeped out of her mouth, staining her straw-colored hair. Mom? Levi scrambled over to his mother. Mom! 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 A tear ran down his face. Quick, find the wound! I'm calling Dad at work! Levi yelled. Hello, this is Nathaniel. How may I... Dad, this is Levi. Mom, she's... She's dead. What? Call the police, his dad shouted. I'm coming now. Fifteen minutes later, two cops and an ambulance arrived. The cops searched the house, but the killer wasn't anywhere. Chapter 3 The Next Day News of the murder spread all through the town. Breaking news. Mysterious murderer. The reporters all stated. The police came and asked Nathaniel a bunch of questions. When the kids went back to school, the school deputy got on the announcements. 7 o'clock p.m. curfew until further notice. Three days before the murder. (gasps) Shush! I don't care that you're mad, Terry! Levi shouted, assuming the noise was his neighbor again. Then it got louder. Shut it! Then, the creature walked into his doorway. It was terrifying. Blood trickled from its claws and puddled on the floor as the monster made a rasping gasp for air. Its skin was pale and crinkled like paper. Its eyes were covered by blood and dirt-stained cloth. But the worst part was that his mother stuck to its claw, and he realized that she had been the one who was screaming. Her body was limp now, and had huge, sharp claws sticking through her stomach. Levi woke up with a start. He was drenched in sweat, but it had only been a nightmare. He sighed and went back to sleep. This is The Doll by Charlie Newell, age nine and a half. One day, a girl named Annie was camping in the woods all by herself. She went on a hike and about halfway through, she smelled something, vile, something like a body decaying. What is this awful smell all the way out here, she wondered. A few moments later, she found a doll. It was a beautiful doll with deep red hair pulled into tight braids and her cheeks were the rosiest cheeks Annie had ever seen. Her black and white dress was wrinkled and torn, and her blood-red lips were glistening. Annie didn't mind. At the end of the trip, Annie packed up her stuff, including the doll, and went home. Annie and her doll were inseparable. They did everything together. They played on the swing set in the backyard together, ate PB&J together, and Annie even kept her new friend in her backpack so she wouldn't get lonely. After a while, Annie decided her new friend's name would be Sabrina. Annie made her a little doll bed so she could sleep comfortably. She loved Sabrina with all her heart. That was her mistake. Thirteen days later, Annie was reading in her room. It was 9pm, Saturday night. Slowly but surely, she saw her doll sit up. Annie was paralyzed with fear. The doll pointed at Annie and whispered, You're next. Annie saw the doll take a knife out of her dress and suddenly reappeared right next to her. Annie screamed so loudly, she rattled the windows. By the time Annie's parents got there, she was already dead. Two minutes later, her parents were too This one is by Farron, aged 9, and this is called Susie's Closet. It was 12:30 on a Saturday night when Susie woke up from a nightmare. She had been being chased by a monster that was big and black with sharp teeth and claws like knives. She could hear noises coming from her closet, so she got out of bed and went down to her parents' bedroom to tell her mom, who told her that she was just hearing things, but Susie knew that the noises were real. The next day, when Susie's mom woke her up for breakfast, she noticed that the closet door was open a crack, so she quickly got out of bed and went downstairs right away. Susie's mom was making pancakes and clearly didn't notice that their dog was barking at the wall, even though nothing was there. There were some strange things going on in Susie's house. That night, Susie again heard noises from her closet and decided to be brave and check it out. She opened the closet door and was never seen again. Castle of the Old Witch by Logan Mims, age six and three quarters. Author's note. This is a sequel to Werewolves in the Woods. Logan and Kevin had just retrieved the werewolf. They were walking along a path on one of the islands when they saw a castle on a high mountain. The mountain was covered in dark, scary trees, The castle was in the darkest part of the island, which was so scary. When they got closer and closer, they hid because they saw a witch named Luna and her pet frog named Switch. Luna had a dark staff and her frog was poisonous. And then, Kevin and Logan decided to go all the way back to Kevin's house. But Fang, the werewolf, stayed behind to watch the castle. At Kevin's house there was armor and weapons, that's also where Logan had left his magical necklace before they went on the walk. He had gotten some new powers overnight, the day after they got the werewolf. So Logan's necklace had way more power, and Logan found a stick and a holder for something like his necklace. So he put his necklace on the stick right away, and the string on the necklace disappeared. He tried to take the necklace out and make the string reappear, but it was stuck. Now the stick and the necklace is a staff. Now Logan and Luna were even matched. And also, while they were at Kevin's house, Kevin grabbed a sword and a shield. Now they were ready to go back to the castle. At the castle, Kevin and Logan went around to the back of the castle to see if there was a back entry. There was an entry that was really close to the other entry, like right down the hall. And then they snuck out behind Luna and attacked Luna. But Luna could fly and dodged the attack. But Logan could fly too, and Logan had also gotten a power where he could make light explosions out of his staff. Once she was knocked out, they went into the castle to explore. When they got a bit farther in, down at the end of the hall, there was a turn at the end where the back entrance was. There was a door that had the words, Do not enter. That sign means something that Luna doesn't want us to find is in there, Logan said. So they went in. It's the dungeon. Kevin and Logan had seen many friends of theirs in the dungeon. But the keys to the jail cells weren't in the dungeon. So they were in the office with a robot named Crank. There was a small hole in the door, so they destroyed the robot with the blaster from Logan's staff, and then they saved the friends. They went back into the office because they saw the sword sharpener and left the sword there to see if anything would happen. But nothing happened, so they just left it there because they didn't need it. So then they went back outside to meet Fang, but once they got out there, Luna had woken up. So, Logan blasted Luna into the ocean. The end. This one is from Rena, age 12. But she turns 13 in November, so happy early birthday, Rena! This dream is from my brother. His fake name will be Cole. I was 15 with my twin sister. Her fake name is Jade. And my brother and his twin sister were 17, and her name will be Morgan. Our parents were out when we had to take care of the two kids. We were all in different rooms. They killed my sister by stuffing her in the bottom of her drawers and the other drawer crushed her. Next was Morgan. My brother couldn't remember how she died. I bet it wasn't pretty. Next was me. I was washing the dishes. The sink faces away from the whole kitchen so I couldn't see anything. One of the kids grabbed a knife and throws it at my head. My brother escaped by crashing through a window. Then he woke up. Please keep in mind that he was 11 and I was 9 and I'm 12 now. He told me and Morgan and I never forget it. I've been watching something scary for a few months now and I feel that the dream was a warning. Now you know. Well, I will keep my siblings close to me when we have to babysit two kids. This next one was actually submitted without. The child's name? I tried reaching back out, but I didn't hear from their mother in time. So if your mom's name is Tiffany and she submitted a story for you, then here it is. She stared at her reflection, hard. She knew something wasn't right. She blinked. Her reflection blinked. She frowned. Her reflection frowned. She waved. Her reflection waved. She went to walk away from the mirror. But she noticed something. Her reflection didn't move. It just stood there. It took a long, deep breath in. Then exhaled. A black, thick, molasses-like smoke. It filled the room. It filled her lungs. It filled her vision. It dragged her over to the mirror. Reflection looked down at her, taunting her. You're the reflection now, sweetie. It smiled. Although she felt miserable, something urged her and pulled her face up into a miserable smile. Her reflection waved, like puppets on a string. Some unexplainable force pulled up her arm and waved. Her reflection walked away, just like that. She turned to dust. She could barely hear the sound of her reflection. Cackling over her own screams. This next one is called The Man by Savannah in the 5th grade. Angela smiled when her friend came to the door. She always thought he was tall, but she didn't mind that part of him. He came on a windy Saturday night when her parents weren't home, which was a rare opportunity when she got paid to sit at the house all day watching TV, It was an easy few dollars to get over the weekend. Every day, a hundred dollars, she got paid to sit around and stalk this one tree that always creeped her out. The way she got to see this tree is through her parents' master bedroom window at the edge of her family's very maintained yard. But now, she was a big girl, house-sitting for her parents. She had no time to look at that silly tree. She had more important things to do than look at the tree. She, the daughter of M. Lakeview, They call him that because he's overpowered with money, and his job makes him enough money to buy everything in the world. He would get so mad that sometimes he would throw a fit over the simplest things. Like when he threw a fit over how the kitchen sink was stainless steel, and not the highest quality of craftsmanship. While her mother, Jessie Lakeview, was a housewife who would take care of the house when her father was home and when he wasn't. She was almost like a personal maid, not a wife of him. So useless that she didn't deserve the best life because of her past life. She would get screamed at for hours, all because her shirt had one wrinkle in it. So most of the times she would play on her phone, trying to wash away her emotions from everything she had fought with in her life and let the maid part of her do all the work for her, then the emotional part of her. But now she was a big girl, like her parents said to her when she was scared. She wakes up at 7.35. She panics. Her parents aren't here in their bedroom. She looks around the house for them. Are they missing, or did they get murdered? When she remembers they're in South Africa for a business trip. The only reason her mom isn't here today is that her father needs a driver, a guide, and a maid. That's how he made her think. Just a thing, nothing else. He just married her for the looks, money, and that she would clean wherever she was told to. She got up and poured her favorite kind of cereal, sugary oats that will rip your heart because they're so sugary. Well, that's what they say, but she thinks it's just that they want more people to buy it. So, they make more money, to see if their hearts will really rip out of their bodies if they eat enough of it. They just wanted to be a big, fat, fake YouTube star, even though they don't make enough money to make it in this world. She starts eating the cereal when she faints right in the middle of the kitchen floor. When she wakes up, she is in her bedroom, her bright pink and baby blue room. The man who calls himself Man says that he is a miserable misfit man, so he counsels himself by the name, which is fine with Angela because she was bored of watching YouTube videos on her phone, but now she could play with the man, but he didn't want to play dress-up with her. He wanted to talk about her parents, which seemed strange that he wanted to talk about them. But it didn't hurt her to talk about them. He asked very silly questions about them, like when he asked her about their personal life, like what school do you go to, stuff like that. But one thing did seem strange to her about the man. He always dressed in black from head to toe. When her parents got back from their trip, they gave her a big hug, but it didn't feel like they were her parents. She asked them about their trip, but they didn't reply to her. A week passed by, then a month, still they won't talk to her. Then when she wakes up, she finds her parents dead on the floor with a 12-inch butcher knife in both of them. She turned around and saw in their chest that there was a note scratched into their skin. It said, Now we can really play. She wanted to scream. Then that man hushed her and came to her and said, Now we can play with no interruptions by mommy. Or Daddy. The rest of these are from Miss Kendrick's third grade students. And the first one is called The Disappearing House by Lily Gallion. One day, a girl named Elizabeth was riding her bike. While she was riding, she came upon a spooky house. She got off her bike and rang the doorbell. The door opened on its own she walked inside. The floor creaked under her feet as she stepped. On the wall, the picture started to move. Then, one by one, they started to disappear. Elizabeth disappeared with them. Elizabeth found herself in a room. There was a phone that said, ring me. So she did. She heard a voice in the phone that said, Watch your back. Elizabeth turned around and saw a creepy clown. She screamed and ran, but the clown caught her. The clown used his spraying flower to spray her with poison until she fainted. When she woke up, she was in a dark room and tied to a chair with a red ribbon. The walls started to move towards her, and she was afraid she would be crushed. Elizabeth remembered that she had a pair of scissors in her pocket. She freed herself from the ribbon, but she was not safe yet. She looked around the room and saw an exit. Elizabeth ran towards the exit, but it disappeared. She was afraid she would be trapped forever. Elizabeth saw a light in the corner of the room. It was her brother holding a flashlight. Her brother laughed and told her that he pranked her by setting up a haunted house. Her brother showed her how he did all the tricks. They walked out of the house together. Elizabeth asked her brother about the clown trick. He said, What clown? They turned around, looked at the house. They saw the creepy clown, screamed, and ran home. Night of Nightmares by Nathaniel Jenemann One stormy night, there was a door, an ordinary door. But then, the family woke and opened the door. They found a zombie, they all said. They went out of the house and went to town. The next day, they were playing in the backyard. Then, there was a thump, then another. It grew louder and louder. The Ankylosaurus was walking down Eastwood. It was coming down fast. Then a T-Rex was coming. Then a skeleton. Then a shark cloud. Then a talking cardinal. They were coming in all directions. They were all freaked out. They all said. They went into the house and stayed there. They looked out the window and found all monsters still. They walked quietly out of the house and to the park. We're safe, said the father. Or are they? They heard the thump again and again. It was growing big and loud. Oh no, not again. The park is not safe anymore. They ran away. Five years later, father said, go on to high school, children. Valentina and Sean got on the bus and went to school. The T Rex followed. They hadn't been seen for five whole years. The tail whacked the window. The backpacks went flying out the other window. My crystal, photo, and other cool stuff were in there, and they cost a fortune. My mom doesn't have a fortune anymore, said Valentina. Suddenly, the talking cardinal flew in with his army. Meanwhile, ring ring, Valentina's mother answered the phone. Hello? Yes? Yes? Oh no, my child is getting attacked by a T-Rex? I did not know they existed. Valentina's teacher said, just get over here. Okay, come on, let's drive. Broom Broom. So, when the mom got to the school, she saw a scary sight. Too scary to say. Okay, I'll tell you. The school is no longer a school. It is now half T-Rex. So the mom rescues her child. But, she says, how do I get out? A zombie appeared. I'll show you. Just let me bite you. So the zombie bites her. (laughs) If I bite you, you turn into a zombie. Meanwhile teacher tries to run out, but she realizes that she hasn't saved her students. So she goes back inside and tries to find her children, all 24. Two hours later, we need two more. So they split up to find the two. They found one, but she got zombified. So they look out for the other one. Valentina! Valentina! Oh, there you are! Now let's get out!" One week later, she went out of the hospital and went home, and lived happily ever after. The Reflection by Drew Hook One late night, a girl was doing homework, and she got up and went to the window. It seemed like there was a guy outside her window. She went back to her chair and resumed her homework. She looked out the window again, and it seemed that the man was closer. When she was in her chair, she got a little scared, so for the last time, she looked out the window, and the man was right there. She immediately called 911, and when they came, they didn't see anything. And right when one of them was walking out of the room, they stepped in this mud and saw a different footstep in it. The girl realized The man outside the window was a reflection, and the man was right there behind her the whole time. Gone the Nails by Anna Claire Russell and Alice Thompson Mary was going to get her nails done. She got black with orange eyes on them. The next morning, she woke up (sighs) and realized her nails were watching her. She was so scared. She tried to remove them, but they would not come off. They kept on watching her. So she put on gloves, but they burned holes through the gloves. (gasps) Everyone she shook hands with disappeared. She went to the nail shop and tried to get them removed, but they would not come off. So she got super strong, spooky relief nail polish remover and they came off. Little by little, the people that disappeared came back. The Woman in the Mirror by Caitlin Bush. Once there was a girl and she loved looking in the mirror. She would always bring a small mirror everywhere she went. She even slept with mirrors around her. But one day she woke up and her reflection was blank and later she died now she haunts every mirror in the world so watch out she might come to your mirror next pumpkin pies by samuel grossy hi there i'm a mysterious stranger okay i'm just the narrator but anyway there was once a poor family with two kids and a father Rafferson Raffy L. Pony, the eldest child, is today 39, but the story takes place when he was 12. His three year younger sister, Jessabella, is 36, but was nine at the time. One day, they went to play baseball with some friends. When Raffy got on third base and was going to get a run, his dad said, Raffy, Jesse, time to come in. Supper's ready. They said bye to their friends and walked inside. As they were eating, Raffy said, dad. How did mom die? Right, I forgot to mention that their mom died. Well, muttered dad, your mom got lung cancer. That's why I don't smoke anymore. If you were alive before their mom died, you'd probably see their dad with a pipe in his mouth. He does still smoke, but very rarely. After supper, the kids put on their pajamas and hopped into bed. When it struck one thirty, Raffi, woke up from a bad dream. He went downstairs, very cautious about getting caught, when he found Jessie, outside. She was in a trance while staring up at the moon. Hey, Jessie, whispered Raffy. What? She whispered back. Raffy went outside to check on her. Raffison Lee Pony Junior, said a ghostly voice. What? Who's there? said a frightened Raffy. Jessabella, Lumpy Pony, pony, said the ghostly voice. Help! Help! Jessie shrieked. The kids shook in fear. It's a ghost, said Jessie. The kids heard the ghost say, You're my pumpkin pumpkin pies." pies. It said it again. Here are my pumpkin pies. The kids somehow fell asleep on the grass. Before dawn, Raffy woke to a surprise. Jesse wasn't there. Jessabella? screamed Raffy. He ran till he could no more. Jesse fell from the sky, but she was round and orange. She turned into a pumpkin. Now, you're probably concerned. She didn't die. Raffy caught her. But Raffy started to fly. He was being taken by the ghost. Then it had a shot to put him asleep for 3 hours. The ghost sprayed it on his arm, but she was startled by Raffy jumping and recognizing his inflating arm. "Ah!" yelled Raffy. He nearly jumped off the cloud. His arm started getting dull stripes. Jesse came up, still half pumpkin. Luckily, only his arm turned into one. The ghost almost got away, but Raffy threw the pumpkin magic and punched it, spraying deadly pebbles on the ghost. Jesse turned back to normal. They soon figured out the ghost was their mom. Now, things like this happen to their kids, too. Isabella's Doll Side by Eveline McKee One day, a girl named Isabella invited her friend over. The friend's name is Pippi. Isabella and Pippi sat upstairs talking about how hard it was to live with her parents at the age of 18. So, they decided to run away. A few seconds later, Pippi stepped up to the door and told Isabella's parents that she was gone. They went searching for her and Isabella's parents remembered that Isabella's favorite place to go when she was mad was the pond. They went to the pond and realized Isabella's dad had bad eyesight because Isabella's dad ran to pick up a doll that looked a lot like Isabella except it had button eyes and a sewed together mouth. They didn't have a choice, so they had to let Isabella's dad take the doll while going back home. Except they couldn't find the house, but what they could find was a tent. They put the doll in the corner and drifted to sleep. When they woke up, there was the doll screeching in their faces. Knowing the fact that Pippi was allergic to peanuts, the doll stuffed a bunch of peanuts in Pippi's mouth. There went one. Then the doll pulled a knife from behind her back. The doll started chasing Isabella's parents like a serial killer with fluff trailing behind her. Something else trailing behind her were about five sock monkeys. They heard something, Something that sounded like their daughter, Isabella, saying, Oh, uh, where am I? Then Isabella's parents followed the sound. They didn't see Isabella. They saw Pippi, which was a ghost with more ghosts behind her. They started chasing Isabella's parents. The couple ran. Then the dolls started running from the other way. The couple turned around as ghost Pippi yelled, "Gotcha." Gotcha. Then, clowns started coming from the right, and more sock monkeys came from the left. They all circled around the couple until they heard a loud, Stop! The dolls, clowns, sock monkeys, and ghosts looked toward the sound. They gasped and got in a straight line, one on the right and one on the left. They bowed and said, Your Majesty. In the middle of the two lines was a tall girl with black hair and tan skin. It was Isabella. Isabella's face glitched to look like a doll, but went back to normal. Isabella's mother said, Did you see something? No, Isabella's dad said. You must be seeing things. I guess, Isabella's mother said. As the girl got closer and closer, she started looking more and more like Isabella. When the girl finally stopped, they realized it was Isabella. She said, Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Her mom said, What on earth have you been doing? Isabella said, What on earth have you been doing? I've been looking all over for you, said her mom. Isabella said, Well, now you can see me. Now you get in the car, her mother said. In the back of the car, Isabella's face glitched again, but this time, it stayed. The Last Light by Alice Buttrick Once, there was a girl. Her name was Caitlin. She was sweet and well-mannered. She loved to play. But her twin was the opposite. Her name was Skye. One night, the electricity went out. Caitlin was terrified because Sky scared her. It started to rain. Caitlin ran to her mother's room. No one was there. So she ran to the living room. No one was there. She went running to her neighbor. And no one was there either. She could not find anyone, not even her sister. She was scared. She had nobody to talk to. She found out that nobody was on Earth. She was the last light. The Doll by Kennedy Laird My name is Elizabeth, and this is my story. My parents passed away when I was two years old. I was adopted by a woman named Miss Mary. She taught me everything. When I was older, I moved back to my parents' house. When I was looking around the place, I saw a creepy doll. When I tried to move it, it was stuck to the chair, so I just went to bed. The very next morning, the doll was in the dining room. Breakfast was cooked properly and neatly laid out on the table. I called the police and the FBI to come check the house. They found no evidence but the doll. So they shined a blue light. It was a special light that was used for unseen evidence. The doll had washed off all the food. I was so terrified. At the time, I knew the doll was possessed. When the police left, I packed my bags. When I walked to the door, I saw the doll just standing there, holding a sign with words saying, ''Beware. Do not leave this house.'' I kicked the doll over and drove to Miss Mary's house and slept over at her house. The next morning, I woke up like normal, but I found the doll lying right next to me. I asked Miss Mary what the doll was doing in my bed. She said, you packed it, dear. And I said, no, I did not. It's possessed. Miss Mary asked, did you have a bad nightmare? Let me go and get you an ice pack. She left before I could say anything. I threw it away and put a heavy brick on it just in case it tried to escape. That very day, I left town. I drove to New York City. I checked into a hotel. It was crowded with people, but I managed to find a room. I was scared to go in, but I thought about it. How could the doll be here too? I hunched my shoulders and went in. I saw the doll. It kept saying... Hi, Elizabeth. Want to play? I screamed so loud, every adult, kid, and elderly person could hear me. They called the police, investigators, and the sheriff. They said there was no trace of a human, just a false alarm. Then I woke up. The doll was not there. I searched and searched... She had disappeared, and I never saw her again. The Haunted Place by Shrika Balabadruni. Once upon a time, I was in the woods walking around. Suddenly, I saw a house. It was very scary. I made a bad decision. I went inside. I saw only smoke. Then I I cleared it all out. Then I saw bats, dragons, lions, tigers, and humongous poison Ah I screamed. I closed my eyes tight and ran. It felt like I ran for hours, and I did. Soon I realized that it had no end. What should I do? I thought and thought, but soon I realized there was no way out. I just sat there and cried and cried. Then, more spooky, scary animals came to me. I screamed, ah! I ran and ran, but soon I realized I was running in place and all the animals were an inch close to my face. I screamed and all the animals covered their ears with their paws and this time I actually ran. I also ran screaming, ah! Please, help me! When I was out of breath, I thought, am I going to stay here forever? Suddenly, the lights turned off. I'm really, really scared of the dark. Then it turned super cold. It was summer, so I was wearing clothes like shorts and half-sleeved shirts. I didn't know it would be so cold. Luckily, I had a thermometer to check my temperature. I know I have a cold, but I didn't know my temperature was below one degree Fahrenheit. I really wish I had a jacket. Then, I saw a creature with the tail of a dinosaur and the body of a dog and the head of a dragon. It was twice the size of a palace. I was breathing heavily and crossed my fingers and said, Please... Don't let me die. Please don't. Oh, please. Then, something inside me told me to yell as loud as I can, and I did. Well, I was lucky that I wasn't a meal. Lily, wake up. It's time to go to school. Get up. The Destruction of Mount Olympus By Gardner Hughes Hades was walking through Tartarus where the worst mortals went. He saw a certain monster that was chained up and had guards all around him. He was enormous. He was very muscular. There were bones around him. Hades was thinking that if he could give the monster so much power, he could destroy the gods. The monster was called The evil one. So, Hades released it. The monster was hideous. It had fangs an enormous scaly tail. And was the size of a skyscraper. That's almost the size of Zeus. Hades said, Serve me and you will be all powerful. And have the gift of immortality. Now, beast, go and destroy the gods of Olympus. Make the mighty Zeus fall beneath your feet. Take my pitchfork to make earthquakes and bring Cerberus. The three-headed dog will follow your command at all times. As the evil one attacked Olympus, the gods tried to fight back, but... The evil one was too strong the gods of olympus began to fall one by one until the gods left were poseidon Ares, zeus and of course hades because he lives in the underworld as the gods battled the earth began to tremble the oceans were making hurricanes and tsunamis there were thunderstorms and lightning there was a war going on earth These gods were enraged until Ares was destroyed, and Poseidon, and all that was left was Zeus, king of Olympus. As Zeus threw his lightning bolts, the evil one started to weaken. The monster was almost destroyed. Then Zeus threw such a powerful bolt of lightning that the evil one went to space and all that remained of the evil one was Cerberus, who had not done very much destroying. Zeus brought him back to the underworld and Zeus made sure that Hades never made a monster again, but he was punished even more. He had to not run the underworld for a year so that a lot of souls got stuck on their way to the underworld. Charon, the Soul Keeper was very busy because the souls couldn't come through. Pumpkin People by Daniel Weber Long, long ago, it was a dark and stormy night. A man had a pumpkin costume. When he put it on, he accidentally fell. When he woke up, he was a pumpkin person. He would make people turn into pumpkin people so he could rule the world and make the animals have pumpkin heads too. But one man, his name was JJ, which stands for Jackson Johnson, he was a professional pumpkin grower and he had a gun that destroys pumpkins. So he got the gun and when he opened the door he saw about 10,000 pumpkin people. He didn't have a lot of darts to get them so he used his darts wisely so he could get them all. He snuck up behind one. He got it, but then he wasn't so lucky because the rest of them heard the sound. He hid and snuck around and got some of them, but then his darts were gone. He thought and remembered he had darts in his closet, so he snuck into his headquarters and got his darts. He put them in his gun, then got out of his headquarters so he could get more of the pumpkin people. Then he saw a bomb. He got the bomb and bombed a group of them. Then he got a bazooka and shot a thousand of them. Then one snuck up and put a pumpkin on his head. But he quickly took off the pumpkin and shot the pumpkin person so it wouldn't happen again. He ran off and hid in a trash can. He saw one and got it. But they heard the sound again and ran to the trash can. JJ's heart was beating harder than ever in his life because they were right above him. But somebody made a loud noise that even JJ could hear through the steel that was soundproof. So somebody made a loud noise, and it was a man wearing a black suit with a tie. JJ peeked out, then fell, and he ran behind the building. He saw another man that was wearing the same thing the other one was. Then the street lights turned on, and they ran away. J.J. ran up to the man, but he couldn't see his eyes because he had on sunglasses. So he snuck up and took off the glasses and saw that his eyes were light blue and sparkled. Then J.J. remembered he had seven brothers and they all wanted to work in New York. And he said hi to his brother. Then his brother got taken by a pumpkin. Eggplants and Potatoes by Valentina Lara Romero One day, in the laboratory of Dilton Doily, his naughty assistant, Reggie Mantle, took out the potato and eggplant that his boss had received from an alien. But he didn't know that if they were to put them in direct light, they would become evil and alive. Meanwhile, they were working on their latest invention, the pedal-powered motorhome with solar panels included. But a minute was enough time for the vegetables to grow evil and alive. Suddenly, they heard a large crash and raced to the other room to see what had happened. They saw a hole in the wall and two gigantic shadows towering over the city as people screamed in fear. The vegetables kept growing as the army and tanks shot. Soon, they realized that the potato and eggplants only grew, so they drilled a hole and made it very hot and dumped a lot of oil in and distracted the vegetables into the big hole and the second they got into the hole they exploded! (laughs) Then, the whole town was covered in vegetable parts. It all ended magnificent but unfortunately, they had to clean up the whole town after that. (music) Molesity, the creepy daydreamer by Zaria Williams. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Melicity. Every day, she went to school and daydreamed about her crush getting hurt by 50 monsters. Every day, her best friend, Maylee, called her name all day, but Molessity was always so busy daydreaming that she couldn't hear her. So, one day, Maylee got tired of her. She told her, We can't be friends anymore because you are always so busy daydreaming about your stupid crush. Do you daydream about me? (laughs) No. Melissity had a horror daydream come true. Losing her best friend. She went home and went to bed before her mom could say, How was your day? She hates when her mom asks her that and she wasn't in the mood today. So she hurried upstairs to her room and sighed. She opened her computer to... Find how to get your best friend back. Nothing showed. She sighed again and hurried out the door before her mom said what's wrong. (sighs) Her mom wanted to do with everything in her life. She went to her dad's house and she passed a store that showed how to get your friend back. Oh! Oh my! She stopped while saying, This is what I need, she said. I don't have to go to my dad's house and smell his stinky cat anymore. (laughs) Yay! But it is getting dark i will come back tomorrow she went fast to sleep and this happened molesty had the most scariest dream she ever had in her whole entire life this is the dream she had there were 50 monsters attacking her crush she ran over to him and tried to save him but she was getting hurt the monsters were so ugly she couldn't take it then zombies came out of nowhere She laid down and then woke up with something so big and dark on her. She was in a bloody room full of different scary things and people. There was a person making really scary noises. She didn't know if it was blood or just red paint. She tried to get away. With a scare, she went down to the floor with tears falling down her eyes. Her mom was shaking her. She woke up and saw it was a dream. That is the end. The Museum by Jasper Clements. One day, a kid named Jack spent the afternoon in his house. That night, he had a nightmare. Little did he know, but this nightmare was really a vision. The next day, he decided to go to a museum. He saw all sorts of scary stuff. He was still there at midnight. Suddenly, the red saber-toothed tiger's eyes glowed red. Jack was freaking out. The saber-toothed tiger suddenly destroyed the glass case it was in. It had come to life! The same thing happened to the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Allosaurus. Soon, all of the things had come to life. Jack was panicking. He saw the door. If I can make it to the door, I'd be safe, he thought. But as soon as he moved, so did the now living, scary, extinct animals. He jumped, and so did they. What he did not see was that the saber-toothed tiger was in the back, ready to pounce. Jack started walking backward toward the door. As soon as he did, they started walking towards him, so he made a run for it. Suddenly, the saber-toothed tiger pounced, and the other scary things started running towards him, and bang! He hit his head on the door. Right before he became unconscious, he thought he heard a Tasmanian tiger say... When he woke up, he was in the hospital. He got out and saw zombies everywhere. He just remembered he watched 28 Days Later yesterday and now it's real. He laid down for the next few hours until some zombie spotted him and the chase was on. He tripped and was about to be mauled and he woke up. It was a dream, but when he opened his eyes, he wished he hadn't woken up. There he was, sitting on a trapdoor over a crock pot. He saw the dinosaurs, the saber-toothed tiger, even the Tasmanian tiger. He was in the middle of the woods. Scared, he asked, "'What do you want with me?' "'Your blood,' the saber-toothed tiger said in a nasty voice. Jack, shocked he could talk, was getting mad. He sat up, his eyes fixed on the saber-toothed tiger, The saber-toothed tiger could tell the kid had blood in his eyes. A chill went down its spine. Jack was happy. It's scared of me, he thought. But then, an evil grin went across the saber-toothed tiger's face. You thought I was scared of you, eh? You were wrong. Suddenly, he took off his skin, and there was a cyclops right in front of him. Jack was speechless so he threw a stick at him and was never heard from again So if you ever go to the museum at night you will die The Bad Dream by Noah Ham There was a legend that a house on Goldtaden Road was haunted The boy was riding his bike when he saw the house. He was not scared of the house. He stepped on the old wooden stairs of the house. He rang the doorbell and nothing happened. He started to walk away. Then the door opened. Nothing was there. He walked in and heard a weird sound. He did not know what it was. Then he heard footsteps. Click, clock, click, clock. He hid in the closet. At this point, he was really scared. Then, the noise stopped. He went out of the closet and ran out of the house. He ran home, and when he got home, he called for his mother. No answer. He called for his dad. No answer. Then he turned on the TV. It said no one was alive. Then, the news lady turned to dust. He did not know what was happening. Then he heard a voice say, "You're next." Then he woke up in his bed. Oh man, it was just a bad dream. But little did he know, it was not just another bad dream. <laughs> And, the last part of our episode is by 5th grade students. Enjoy! Smile Dog by Oscar Salas One day, Richard's dad came home with a husky dog that was alone in the street and really hungry. Richard took the dog to Elvis' house to play with him in Elvis' backyard. It was 8 o'clock and they were tired, so they went to sleep in Elvis' house. It was 12 o'clock, and Richard woke up to wash his face because he had had a nightmare of his dog, and then he went back to sleep. At 3 o'clock, he heard Elvis screaming. Richard was scared. He went to check on Elvis, and once he entered the room, there was a big wolf eating him, his dad, and his mom. He quickly ran to the phone and called 911, but once he saw the blood on him, hung up the phone, and looked up slowly and saw the giant wolf over the top of him and it ate him. him. Goosebumps by Galilea Tejada There was a girl named Violet. She had one brother, his name was Joe. He had a friend named Jonathan. They were playing Fortnite in the living room. They went to ride their bikes and they saw a house. A very old and scary, lots of trees around it. Jonathan said, Let's go in. Joe said, okay. With fright. They knock on the door. The door opened on its own. Jonathan said, Cool, let's go. They went to the living room. They went to look at the fireplace. There was a box. They went to get it and opened it. There was a book. When they opened the book, there was a doll that said, Hi! The boys screamed and disappeared. The sister was so scared she went to go look for them. She saw their bikes, so she went into the house. She picked up the doll, and the doll grabbed her face. She died, but the doll stayed alive and said, Slappy's back! <laughs> Three Kids at 3am by Jose Gorostieta Once upon a time, I was sleeping, and then my cousin and brother woke me up. They told me, let's do a a 3am challenge. We did the challenge, and then we looked in the mirror. There was blood. Everywhere. Then we looked outside. We saw a big shadow. We went inside and turned on the TV. But as soon as we turned on the TV, it was covered with blood. Then we turned it off. We tried to sleep, but I was freaked out for good. This is real. Please don't do it. And our last story of the entire evening is Man* by Melanie Quinones. One night at 3 a.m., Mike and his friends Jake, Michael, and Will were playing on the Xbox. Then, Will saw a man with no face and white skin. And a red tie. Mike didn't care who it was, so they carried on playing. Five minutes later, the lights turned off. When the lights turned back on, Will was gone. Then the lights turned off again, and Mike saw that Michael and Jake were gone. Mike bust through the door and into his room. When he looked out the window, he saw. Thanks for listening. No face. Thank you so much the to history. all my authors. I can tell you guys put blood. a lot of work into these stories, and it really shows. Quickly hit keep under writing, his bed. keep improving, keep coming up with ideas. Draw pictures man. of your favorite monsters from the episode. Just go all out. Children. I hope you all have a then fun time trick-or-treating, or, treating or carving pumpkins, or toward baking toward cookies, or whatever fun thing it is that you do the to celebrate this spooky season. I will see all you kids next year. Maybe some of you will bed. be old enough by then to graduate the teen episode. And, alright, sweet, rad, dreams and darkness, happy Halloween. Screaming. Never to be seen again. <laughs>